From KLIM Radio and the Lincoln Independent Business Association, this is the Lincoln Business Beat, a weekly summary of news affecting area business and a review of interesting topics and issues. Along with Leba Policy and Research Coordinator Carter Teal, I'm Mark Vail. Glad to have you joining us. Lincoln Business Beat is made possible by the 1890 Initiative. Visit 1890Nebraska.com, where 100% of your donation goes directly to Husker student-athletes. Carter uh, kind of had a busy week news-wise. The mayor and other city officials had a big news conference early in the week, kind of doing their annual summary of Lincoln on the Move. Yes, yes, that was the case. Monday, Mayor Gaylord Baird held a media conference with representatives, several organizations around the Lincoln area discussing Lincoln on the Move. We've discussed this before, but just to recap, Lincoln on the Move is the quarter of a cent sales tax that is used to fund street projects, both existing and construction of new streets, voted into establishment back in 2019. Okay, so and that, but, that that quarter cent sales tax was actually a continuation. It was a revote, but yeah, the initial quarter cent was for public safety, yeah, fire stations and radio systems. So yeah, and I think we had initially at the time the Liba organization Bud was in favor of a uh, a ten year um, program to for the Lincoln on the move for the infrastructure part of it. The only thing was that didn't come to fruition, but uh, apparently um, they settled with what we have now, which is the six-year program. So it's going to be expiring in 2025. Yeah, September of 2025, it sunsets out unless uh, it goes before the voters again for either a renewal or Mm -hmm. even maybe a a bump uh, of another quarter cent. I mean, there's all kinds of possibilities there. Yeah, the details is what's being worked out right now, but I think you just kind of get your ducks in a row by getting everybody together to talk about the importance of it and then working things out from there right now. The next Growth is Good Coalition meeting to flesh out the details with city staff and LTU um, staff will be on January 4th, so when we have more details about it, I'll be sure to give the update on here. And in case anybody's wondering, uh, that particular project uh, has taken in somewhere between uh, around, I think, 17% more uh, in the first four years than they had projected it to do. So there's, there's some additional dollars in there over and above what they had been uh, hoping for. Yeah, and you know, I'm really optimistic about the program. You, you you raise over $60 million in just over four years. We're projecting that it's going to raise about $79 million. This funding has helped with 47 street projects thus far across Lincoln, just this far. So we're going to have another couple in the next couple of years. And What I think is just the best selling point that I don't think is talked about enough is that being that it is a sales tax, it's estimated that roughly 30% of the revenue generated from Lincoln on the Move comes from out-of-towners, non-Lincoln residents. I think that that's Lincoln on the Move's best selling point to note that we've done all of these projects. 30% of the revenue generated from the program that has helped fund them comes from people out of town. It's somewhat in stark contrast because I think the wheel tax gets a lot of flack because people say, well, 
everybody else in the surrounding area, they come into Lincoln every day. They commute to Lincoln every day. They use the streets. Well, here's one where a lot of the funding, a significant portion of the funding does actually come from people in those surrounding communities. So I think it's something to consider. Another meeting that we uh, that has happened since our, our last edition of the Lincoln Business Beat was the group better known as Assemble Lincoln, but mm-hmm. that's the group that is spearheading up all of the discussions on a downtown convention center. Yeah, so the Lincoln Convention Center is just an overview. It's technically owned by Lancaster County. So Assemble Lincoln is the standing committee composed of state legislators, representatives, local policymakers, and representatives to oversee the creation, um, the funding, and the operation of the convention center. So last week, the county board approved Assemble Lincoln's budget to hire for the next fiscal year Legends Project Development, who is the same consulting firm that was responsible for helping with the creation of Pinnacle Bank Arena. Um, so just they've over, some, a, they've got yeah. some knowledge and experience in the Lincoln yeah. market. And you know, from a business perspective, it's always great to be working with people who you've worked with in the past for both sides. You know, repeat customer, repeat client. So, so that's great. The budget will be five hundred thousand over the next fiscal year. Three hundred and thirty-five thousand of that is coming from the county's ARPA interest funds, which is just excellent because. As goes with ARPA, you use it or you lose it. If that money isn't allocated by the end of 2024, next year, it goes back to the federal government. So definitely better off if we spend it. Um, The remaining $165,000 is coming from donations from a handful of organizations across the area. And I think that they're just about halfway there to to date. So I think about 75,000 has been raised. A couple of organizations, uh Downtown Lincoln Association and Lincoln Community Foundation each chipped in $25,000. The Greater Lincoln Community Foundation and Lincoln Chamber of Commerce each pitched in $12,500. So great stuff and I'm sure more donations are on the way. Now getting this uh, uh, group officially Put together and with a budget and everything, and and we let's just recap that uh, it's going to be owned operated by the county because it has to be under the control of a taxing authority, mm-hmm. and and the county was the the one that was willing to do that, but this was really had to be put in place, I believe, by the end of the year or in order to get this kickback tax yeah. under underway that passed the legislature last year. Yeah, the turn back tax, it's not going to come until all of this initial stuff gets set up. So we don't get to reap that benefit until um, this stuff uh, is set in place first. So, Well, there'll be a lot to talk about as this process goes forward. Mm-hmm. I, I remember from our news coverage, they're expecting or hoping to have a site picked out and uh, maybe even some initial plans by the end of 2024. Yeah, and when they do, we will be talking about it on the Lincoln Business Beat. We'll talk about whatever, whenever they meet and (laughs) and that type of stuff, because we're talking, uh, what, a a couple, $100 million, $120 million project here, possibly. Uh, It's going to be up there. (laughs) 
So, and of course, this past week uh, we had uh, Governor Jim Pillen in as the luncheon speaker, the December Liba luncheon, uh, one year from when he last spoke to the Liba. He was then governor-elect, but uh, quite a uh, summary of his first year in office. Yes, it sure was. Also want to give some recognition to um, the airport for hosting the luncheon. They were there to speak, and of course, our guest of honor, Nebraska Governor Jim Pillen. And we got a quote-unquote surprise appearance from U.S. Congressman Mike Flood, who gave Bud a pretty heartfelt valedictory on his way out as his tenure wraps up. So that was nice to see. Everybody there talked about what they have in mind going into the new year. So it was pretty insightful and uh, a fun time all around. I thought the governor uh, was uh, very uh, well uh, respected and welcomed to the Liba Luncheon, but he also got right into some of the challenges that are forthcoming and, and restated his position on his uh, workplace uh, executive order. He also talked a little bit about the upcoming legislature, uh, property tax relief, mm-hmm. being what, I, if I remember correctly, he said that's the highest priority. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to be 100% honest with you, Mark. I was at the back of the room, and so it was kind of tough to hear him until the end when we got the mic turned up and I caught what he was uh, referring to with property tax. He has um, assembled his own committee to look at restructuring the uh, appraisal value and the assessment practices that come to try and find a solution to reform property tax. And as he works with that, the legislature's working on that. Everybody is attacking property taxes in the coming months from a hundred different directions. But um, time will tell what the core themes are going to be and which ones get weeded out. Yeah, that, that working group of his is uh, 40 people strong and, <laughs> and covers a, a huge uh, and a wide uh, representation of Nebraska business, uh, industry, uh, education, and, and all of that, as well as state legislators, city officials. So it'll be interesting to see what they come up with, and especially since the legislature gets underway in less than two weeks. Yeah, it will. We also had uh, new members were recognized at the December, and we always like to do that here on the Lincoln Business Beat. Yeah, so shout out to the new LIBA members for the month. We have Tim Disher and Ben Powder from ABC Supply Incorporated and Scott Manning with Family Heritage Incorporated. Tim, Ben, Scott, we are very grateful to have you guys with us. Welcome to LIBA. Last but not least, welcome to the team, Shauna Hinchman. Shauna is going to be taking over as office manager in place of Sam Kavan. Sam did an excellent job, so she's leaving some big shoes to fill, but I've talked with Shauna a couple of times and have no doubt that she's going to do an amazing job. Very excited for the opportunity to work with her. Welcome to Liba Shauna. All right, let's look at the LIBA calendar as we look to the new year. Yeah, so 2024, January, we have our BizNet networking event on January 11th, hosted by Lee and Associates, so be ready for that. And then on January 16th, we're going to be having our monthly luncheon 
That's going to be hosted by InSource Financial Advisors and our very own Wanda Caffrey. Very excited. And the guest speaker will not necessarily be a guest speaker for that luncheon. We're going to have an Epic Tax Open Forum, which is going to slate Senator Steve Erdman, a proponent of the Epic Tax, against Corby Gilbertson, uh, a lawyer at Radcliffe Lobbying, to really discuss the ins and outs and give some uh, persuasive testimony in favor and against Epic Tax. So it's going to be a town hall type setup. If you have questions and you want to know more about the Epic Tax, please show up so that you can learn more. Now, this will be an interesting discussion because the Epic Tax has been talked about quite a bit. Big news conference here a few weeks ago on the proposals for it. So, And, and this goes right to uh, the income tax provisions uh, that would be eliminated in the state, uh, other tax eliminations and how it would be proposed. So. Uh, interesting, uh, and I would imagine, as it usually is, if you can't make the luncheon at the Grand Manse Jasmine Room, it will be uh, on the Facebook page, streamed mm-hmm. live on the Liba Facebook yeah. page. We'll make sure to live stream it, so just keep an eye out. We've talked a lot on the Lincoln Business Beat about uh, education, uh, the workforce development, workforce retention, but we still have this topic of brain drain. It still seems to be affecting uh, Nebraska at levels just too high for a lot of people. So that's what we're going to do in our deep dive. You want to do a quick little summary going into it? Yeah, brain drain in Nebraska, the startling data that was just reported, it shows that we are losing quite a bit of our valued workforce and we need solutions as soon as possible. We'll go deep on it next on our deep dive. Husker fans, you've probably heard about NIL, name, image, and likeness, and now you can have an immediate effect on the success of the program. The 1890 Initiative is Nebraska's premier NIL company, and with your help, we can maximize our student-athletes' opportunities with NIL and prepare them for life after college. Nebraska has always been a leader in college athletics. Let's do the same with NIL. To learn more, visit 1890nebraska.com, where 100% of your donation goes directly to Husker student-athletes. That's 1890nebraska.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Back at Lincoln Business Beat with LIBA Policy Coordinator, Research Coordinator, Carter Teal, in for Bud Seinhorst. Uh, our deep dive this week, uh, some new numbers, some data out on 
the brain drain that we've seen in Nebraska. We've continued to see it. I know a lot of people have been working on it, but now this is getting to the point where we need to find some creative solutions, the way it sounds. What's the data showing? Well, yeah. So if you don't know, brain drain refers to an area losing its highly educated population to other places that can offer better living conditions in some way. Okay, so you hear the term a lot on a macro level internationally with developing countries losing their doctors and engineers and scientists to developed countries, but it can also happen on a smaller scale like what we see with Nebraska right now. Okay, so an article was released on Monday showing the results of a study done by the UNO Center for Public Affairs Research Team. These numbers are very concerning. All right. In 2011, the state of Nebraska lost about 1,100 workers who had a bachelor's degree or more education. Okay, so you're taking everybody in the state who graduated with that education and found a job and stayed here, plus everybody from other areas who came here with that education and found a job minus everybody in the state with that education who left, the net result was a net loss of 1,100 people, okay? And that was in 2011? That was in 2011. How have the stats going since then? Last year, in 2022, we lost 4,610 people from the same group, okay? That's not a trend. It's no, and it has been consistently almost linearly progressing like that since the time. And to make matters worse, that even in 2011, even though we were losing our most educated portion of the workforce, we still ended up having a net gain to the total workforce because groups with less education, say some college experience or an associate's degree and the high school graduates and then the less than high school graduates, those groups still saw net gains to offset, more than offset, um, losing the highly educated. So while it's suboptimal to lose the most educated portion of your workforce, at least we still had a net gain to the total, total workforce. But in 2022, in addition to losing 4,610 of the most educated, the other groups combined to lose over 1,000 as well, meaning that our total end result was a net loss to the total work workforce of 5,664. That's significant. It, it, so it's it's not just brain drain, it's workforce drain. It's not. It's seriously, this isn't just a brain drain. We are losing our workforce. And it's one thing if Nebraska had a population of 15 million, then it, maybe it's something we could look the other way. There could be circumstantial factors, but we don't have that. And frankly, with the trend that we've seen over the last decade, this is very concerning. All right. The next question is real simple. What are the reasons? <laughs> well, so I said this article was released on Monday. Monday night, the Lancaster County area senators had their annual town hall meeting at Union College. And this was one of the submitted questions as to what do we do about this? 
how is this happening? There's a variety of factors and no one person's case is exactly the same as another, but the senators were pretty unanimous in their um, in their agreement that there are three main factors that are causing this. Number one, job opportunities. Number two, housing. And number three, child care. Okay. So with with the job market, Senator Tom Brandt from District 32, um, southwest of Lincoln, he represents a few smaller towns in that area. And he said, frankly, if I have a student who just graduated from UNL, has all of the student loan debt, one of her one of these smaller schools in my district, the starting salary for a teacher is $38,000. LPS starts their teachers at $48,000. Which one are you probably going to take? Okay, so by far and away, the, the biggest factor with brain drain is the job opportunities. And what we're seeing is more and more people are okay to bite the bullet of an associated higher cost of living to get into the market where the money is higher. Okay. So that's, that's number one, first and foremost, but then it's not that Nebraska is lacking jobs though, not, not lacking available jobs. We're well, not. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're constantly talking about trying to develop workforce because they, uh, the job market is so tight. Exactly. Many employers are saying we're struggling to find people to fill these jobs, both in the public and the private sector. Okay. So what Senator George Dungan mentioned from District 26, he says that many people that he's talked to actually had a job set up to come here. They were all set up looking into it, very interested, but they couldn't. And they had to backpedal because they couldn't find an adequate place to stay. They couldn't find a house to live in. They couldn't find a property that would meet their needs. Was this just availability or cost or both? It, it's both. And it's, and it's for both, um, both subsets of the population in terms of higher paying jobs, people who are more financially well off looking for opportunities in, say, smaller areas, as well as people with lower amounts of education looking for lower paying jobs who can't find enough affordable housing. Okay, so it's, it's a problem across the board. But it's important to understand that is that it's not just an issue that, well, other places outside of Nebraska are paying more. No, there's still people who want to come here. We still have plenty of open jobs. There is a housing shortage, though. So it's important to understand that. And lastly, the, the primary, the third primary is a situation that we've heard about for years and years, and it was really exacerbated during the pandemic. Oh, my goodness. So apparently multiple senators at the town hall mentioned that they've spoken to their constituents and found out that with the child care market in Nebraska, there's so much turnover, it's not stable, it's so expensive that some of these mothers were looking to get a job to help support their family's income, their, to support their f family's financial well-being, 
But they ended up finding out that it would be more expensive for them to get a job just because they would have to pay for childcare, for somebody to look after their children. That is just absolutely astonishing to me. And it's not something that I really understood until I got to Liba and I spoke with the ladies in the office to hear some exact figures about how much it cost. It was mind-boggling, and that's something that needs to be addressed soon. And there's not... It's not only the cost, it's also the availability in some areas. Mm -hmm. Availability, it just, it's not available at virtually any cost. There's so much turnover in the market, and it, it's just another factor that leads people to look, uh, look elsewhere if they can find more stable and more cost-affordable, um, cost-friendly child care so it'll be interesting to see whether uh, the senators are, are able to do anything with any of this in the upcoming session but at least they're talking about it 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 is but you know you can't really expect this issue to be resolved soon in fact actually now that you bring it up um, you did bring it up earlier it, it, it kind of sparked an idea you mentioned how governor pillen mentioned that he was standing strong with his return to the office executive order and some of the figures in there seem to indicate in the survey that the that the public employees union did is that there was hundreds of people who worked remotely who were willing to look elsewhere for other jobs or had already gone through the application process because the 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 full slated schedule Monday through Friday just wouldn't work for them. And I assume some of the people, it's because they reside outside of Nebraska. Um, and, you know, that blends into also for some of these people, if they're, if they're, if they're going to have to pay for childcare because they're going to have to be in the office. So, so just looking at that, that's just another thing that might exacerbate things going forward. Um, do you have a comment? Well, no, I was just going to say, yeah, that's uh, child care and uh, work play, uh, the ability to work remotely has become uh, a, a big issue for some people, and, and mm -hmm. we'll see where this ends up. But it all goes to the cost of living discussion. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, it's, it's all a factor in the workforce development, workforce retention, brain drain, workforce drain. What about cost of living? Where does Nebraska... Uh, that's kind of been our calling card for the past couple of generations is that, you know, we might not have some of the attractions that other states have, but we have amazing people and it's cheap to live here. That's been our calling card. But digging into the data a little bit more, the idea like, oh, Nebraska is so cheap. Nebraska is a low cost of living state. Um Yes, it is true. Nebraska does have a relatively low cost of living index when compared amongst a variety of sources. Okay, the lowest one that I saw had us at sixth cheapest in the nation. The highest rating that I saw had us at 13th in the nation, but still relatively low compared to the national average. However, the largest component in these sources of data that, that propelled us to such a low cost of living index was the price of housing. 
Wow. <laughs> and as we've just discussed, that market is undergoing quite a bit of uh, change in the past couple of years, especially if you're relying on data in 2019, 2020. There's a lot of shakeup that is happening with that. So it's really hard to count on such low housing market numbers to, uh, to say that we have such a low cost of living. In addition to that, there is a lot of variance in cost of living between different counties, different cities. And so with Nebraska, we do have a low cost of living index, but you could really make a cost of living index for Omaha and Lincoln and then the greater Nebraska area as a whole. And you would see the numbers are much closer and in some areas exceed the national average in Lincoln and in Omaha. So it is important to understand that. So in addition to like low cost of living for goods and services, um, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago with the Platt Institute how they referenced the taxfoundation.org study that had Nebraska ranking 38th in the nation for the individual burden that state and local taxes play, that state and local taxes burden people in Nebraska, more than 37 other states. A U.S. news study from 2020, it pointed out that the average American spent 8.9% of their income on state taxes. Okay, just looking at state taxes, nothing federal, nothing else, just state taxes. The average Nebraskan spent 9.3, which again ranked 38th in the nation. California ranks 39th. <laughs> wow. That puts it in a little different perspective. Absolutely. You're looking at it and thinking to yourself, there is no way with California how things are out there that we're that, we're that bad off. But and, the one difference I would say, just anecdotally, I don't know what the actual number is, but I also know California is many, many, many billions of dollars in debt. Oh, yeah. So, and there's discrepancies and they have a much higher cost of living. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> don't get me wrong, all right? We're not a New York. We're not a California. We're not, we're not an East Coast state. You know, it is still relatively cheap to live here. However, that is becoming more and more of a challengeable statement, especially for the Lincoln and Omaha areas. And it is important to keep things cheap because, as I mentioned, Nebraska's calling card is we have amazing people. Everybody who comes here says the same thing. The people were absolutely amazing. They were incredibly kind and they were wonderfully welcoming people, even if they're wearing Miami Hurricanes jerseys. <laughs> even as long as it's not Wisconsin volleyball. Ah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but even them, we'll like... Leave, we'll even welcome them. Yeah, they all say the same thing. The people were absolutely amazing. So we don't need to have the beaches. We don't need to have a Las Vegas, a New York City, a Disney World. That's fine. It's, it's, it, it, it is what it is. Because what makes Nebraska a great place to live is it's inexpensive and the people are absolutely fantastic. And that's our culture. So 
We work on those things going forward. We address the brain drain issue in a multifaceted way to attract people to come here. And we just go from there. But don't expect this issue to get resolved in a couple of years. In fact, you might have to expect it to get worse before it gets better. But... But we've got to start somewhere. We have and to. We have to start somewhere. That's exactly right. Let's look at affordability right away in 2024 going forward. Well, next uh, edition of the Lincoln Business Beat, we uh, will say adios to Bud Seinhorst, as that'll be his final uh, efforts here on behalf of Liba, as he's going back into the private sector. Uh, Bud has been uh, Liba's president and CEO for what has it been five years, I think. Uh, yeah, coming up on coming that. Coming up on five years. So. We will uh, let him have uh, the the mic next uh, week on the next edition of the Lincoln Business Beat. Anything else for the good of the cause this week? Have a Merry Christmas from Liba. Happy holidays, everybody. This has been the Lincoln Business Beat from the Lincoln Independent Business Association and KLIN Radio. Reviewing and updating business owners and community members about what's happening in the business community in and around Lincoln. Along with Liba Policy and Research Coordinator Carter Teal, I'm Mark Vale. Lincoln Business Beat is made possible by the 1890 Initiative. Visit 1890Nebraska.com, where 100% of your donation goes directly to Husker student-athletes. Mm-hmm.